0: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Have you ever felt like you've tried everything to heal from the pain of sexual abuse, and yet nothing seems to really be helping? Well, one of the reasons why most people struggle to break free from the pain of past child abuse is because the techniques out there are positioned as a one-size-fits-all answer. What I want you to know is that there are actually three distinct phases on the path to recovery, and I'd love to share with you about these phases, what issues you must resolve to move to the next phase, and what kinds of support you'll need in order to move forward as quickly and completely as possible. The road to recovery is much easier when you know what stage you're in and what to do next. So don't hesitate. Go to www.rachelgrantcoaching.com slash checklist and get your nine-page guide today. Now, on to our show. Hello everyone, welcome to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm Rachel Grant. For those of you who don't yet know me, I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007, and I'm the author of Beyond Surviving, the final stage of recovery from sexual abuse. I work with survivors who are sick and tired of feeling broken and unfixable, and I help them break free from the pain and finally have the lives they want. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at rachelgrantcoaching.com. So today, folks, I'm so excited to have here with me my guest, Katya Cooper, who will be sharing with us how to remember your unique spirit and trusting that being you is a contribution to others. Man, I love that. I can't wait to hear more about that. So I want to tell you a little bit more about Katya before we uh, have a conversation. She is an inspirational survivor, insight artist, and joy seeker contributing to increased awareness and health for all ages. Her personal journey and experience with clients, healing from traumatic experiences, inspired her to contribute more through her writing books. So she's co-authored Menopause Mavens, sharing how repressed childhood abuse memories emerged for her during that period of her life. And she also has an upcoming book, An Elf's Journey, Healing Childhood Sexual Abuse, that's going to be published later this winter. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit and and how she uses story to explore healing, which I'm very excited about. Katya integrates a wide variety of therapeutic practices to guide a survivor in reclaiming their authentic self and discovering their innocence through the art of this fairy tale so we are very very lucky to have her here with us today so let's sit back and enjoy um, our time with katya welcome to the show thank you rachel
1: thank you so much and i really appreciate all the work that you do and the inspiration that you've been to myself and all all your listeners
0: and everyone that you help Mm, thank you for that well, it's a real joy and it's a real pleasure to get to to do this work and as a result to get to have, you know, great conversations and meet all sorts mm. of people like yourself. <laughs> and <laughs> so I want to dive right into this topic because it's um it's something that, you know, I think is out there this idea of true nature, authentic self, and I think that can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. So, what does that mean to you and and how do we begin to recognize our true nature? Oh, to me it's that
1: essence that we experience in our calm, confident and knowing state. That it's I almost feel there's an injustice words to it but I think it helps us recognize who we really are and sometimes looking at who we are and what we are not helps us identify what our true nature is and like you said our authentic self um, wise self our true self and um, so there's an exquisite energy to that when you sense into what is that when we feel that sense of being, and mm-hmm. a lot of times we find it when we're in nature, and what is is not is other people's judgment of us or even mm-hmm. our own our own judgment when we're critiquing ourselves um, or over critiquing ourselves, finding fault with ourselves, and right. it's not that dysfunctional thinking of um what we're doing wrong, or um, that dysfunctional activity that may have taken place in our life of another person. Mm -hmm. And that that abuse leaves a layer of shame, and that's not who you are. To the listeners, that's not who we are, that's not who you are. And when we can leave that shame behind, we're left with sensing more of who we really are. And shame is believing that there is something inherently wrong with you, which is not true. So when we can release that, that's when we can start to find more of who we are.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. You know, I think this is such an important um, piece of the healing journey for survivors, you know, because exactly as you say, the experience of abuse, Really begins to separate us from our essence, from the truth of who we are, and in its place become all these falsehoods and lies and, um, you know, uh, warped perceptions, um, about ourselves and undoing that. You know, there's a lot of layers to that potentially, and um, and but it's so doable. And I loved what you said there about how it just starts to be like this energy and this vibe of, you know, feeling like you're you're in the flow of who you really are, and not being encumbered by you know all of those false messages that were um, created as a result of the abuse. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I know that uh, in the work that I do with my clients, that's definitely a part of our journey, and and I come at that from a couple of different angles, and I know this is something that, um, that you think about as well, and that you've uh, got some exercises and ways that can help our listeners, like right here in this moment, do a little practice to help them connect with that true nature and start to even notice what's outside of their true nature. So I'd love for you to take us on that journey and lead us through that exercise. Okay. So I would ask um,
1: that you might want to get a pen and paper in case there's any insights that come to you because those are the most valuable insights, the ones that come through you. And um, then when you're ready to start to notice your breath. And you can do this with eyes open or closed, if you're comfortable closing your eyes, if you're in a place that you can do that. And imagine a place in nature that you feel comforted. Could be in water, it could be in the woods. And have you ever noticed how nature has no judgment of us? There is an energy that like we've been talking about to everything. And notice when you rest into nature and go into stillness just notice what you sense and without any judgment of how you're doing or what you're doing just allow yourself to be soothed by your breath And when you inhale, you can inhale stillness. And as you exhale, release any tension. Just feel it leaving your body. You might imagine it going into the earth. You could imagine a bonfire. What is it that you need at this time? And listening to your body... Your body wants to move or rock. Just allowing your body to lead the way. And let yourself be comforted. In knowing that there's not something that is wrong with you. What if there's nothing wrong with you? Allowing yourself to release any of those past thoughts, ideas, or beliefs, and just let them leave your body with your exhale, and breathing in from the environment around you that you're imagining. Breathing in the energy that you need, the qualities that your body would benefit most from, like courage, confidence, curiosity, strength, calmness, gentleness. What is it that would be best for you at this time? Could be lightness. Could be humor. Could be playfulness. Joy. The energy for more laughter in your life. Imagine that coming into you and strengthening who you really are. Sensing that essence of who you are in your core. And really embracing that essence of who you are. It might be like a tiny little spark. And as you inhale, imagine that spark growing. That essence of who you are. Imagine it expanding and filling your whole body, your whole being. Filling the area all around you. And every time you inhale, you can allow that to expand. Imagine your essence growing and growing, and really sense this and take a, a picture. Keep a memory of what this is, your essence, your true nature, and how you can expand it out. You can expand it as big as the world. You can expand it into the universe. And sense your wholeness. And know that you can always come back to this space. It's within you. You've created it. And nature and your imagining nature, which is very real, as you probably just experienced, is always there for you. so you can continue to relax or rest. You can listen to my words, but if there's a word that you know is better for you, feel free to change it out and use the words, the ideas that are best for you. You can start to move around, and Rachel, you and I can continue with our conversation, and our listeners can just enjoy this from their resting space or move around. And, ah, Did you sense anything with that, Rachel?
0: Yeah, you know, I love that. Thank you so much for that that guided journey. And what I what I really experienced was that the difference that I always notice, uh, and that I was um, able to reconnect with and even re today was when I am outside of my best self or my nature, authentic self, so many ways to say it, but um, Things feel really tight, really mm. small, very limited. Mm. And I just loved how, like as you were talking, you know, my breath was slowing, and I was able to tune into the sounds around me more, and then from there, kind of able to stretch um, out even further and felt, you know even wanting to like stretch my body out more and my mm. arms out more and that expansiveness. And um, and I love that as um, as a representation and as a symbol of what we have to gain as survivors of abuse when we uh, go through healing, uh, that we are able to move from a place that's very limited and trapped and small and confined and tense and really just spread our wings and, and open up and have more spaciousness and expansiveness um, in ourselves, in our lives, in our relationships. I love that. Mm,
1: Thank you. Thank you for that. And that reminds me, when you said the word tight, it reminds me of how I feel at times when I'm feeling like a victim or when I can slip into Mm. feeling that way. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think this is all about, you know, and what you teach is um that we can choose to move out of that right and our body is so we're so connected to our bodies we're not just Mm -hmm. our mind and yeah moving our bodies in that way even in stillness taking that expansion
0: to that that's right place yeah absolutely Man, really good. I'm so relaxed now. I'm like, okay, wait, I got to keep going. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to yeah. wiggle a little bit
2: uh,
0: to reignite. Awesome. So one mm. of the things I was also really present to you as you were guiding us through that is just your beautiful use of imagery. And I know that in in and, and storytelling really, and I know that this has really become a, a an avenue for you, a way that you are approaching talking about healing from sexual abuse, giving survivors a way of accessing and entering into um discovering, you know, their own, you know, whatever they need. And Mm -hmm. so I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you've arrived at this place of writing this story and and using symbolism and story to really guide the healing process for survivors. You know, it's
1: funny because I feel like the story really chose me. Mm. And um, I think that's a good example because I believe that we are each so unique that we're going to have these, it might seem really strange ideas of what we could do. And yet it just wouldn't, didn't leave me alone. <laughs> and, um, so it helped my process. It helped me process through my healing journey. Mm-hmm. And my abuse happened when I was so young, even pre-verbally. Mm-hmm. And that, You know, using logic really didn't help reach, there was still a disconnection to really reaching the parts inside of me that had been harmed and they hadn't been listened to. So in creating this story, I helped myself work through things, but I also love creating. And so I think when we look at what do we love to do, that's also another key for our healing journey and so um, I haven't hmm. found like I said the, the logic it was kind of like trying to use even some tools in psychotherapy that are logical and trying to use that toward my healing it was like talking Have you ever seen an adult talk to a child and they're talking to a child like at an adult level?
2: (laughs) And (laughs) there's
1: that loss of connection. Yeah. So I was able to connect in this way, and I find that um, this story really helps connect with an inner child, especially a younger child, and helps draw that child out to give us messages of what's going on inside that inner child so that we can actually tend to that child in a way that's needed. Could be things like mm-hmm. we might get messages like rocking or like my inner child loves to swing. And I've done, I've taken my child on swing so often that it's just my way of releasing worry mm-hmm. um, and, and like rolling down hills. So... um the The story really builds a playful relationship a lot in I use nature a lot in it, and um, it uses a lot of creative exercises to help accept and relieve feelings um, that otherwise could be stuck and hidden inside of a very young child.
0: Mm, love that, yeah, you know I think that that there's this wonderful space in which um it's kind of in some ways, I think, uh, for for us survivors, it can be a, a wonderful thing that we have access to that sometimes other people don't. We do have that little bit of an inner child who can, of course, mm. cause a lot of trouble <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and throw temper tantrums and cause us to come out of our adultness in times where maybe we want to be <laughs> adults, adult. yeah. but at the yeah. same time, I think there is a usefulness and a playfulness and a childlikeness that we can that can become our benefit, and that we Mm -hmm. can use uh, in our day to day life um, just for playing joy, but also yeah to access for healing. Uh, and you know we the, the inner child and the concept of the inner child I think is another one of those terms that a lot of people have lots of different ideas about mm-hmm. what that means and what that represents to them. But I love that you know you, you're allowing yourself to basically, if I'm understanding you correctly, what what really started to work for you was noticing that there were these ideas and there were these emotions and that there were there were these things that needed to be expressed but trying to, to come at them from the adult space that it just kind of fell flat or it didn't make any sense or it didn't resonate but when you turned it into story or you turned it into play or narrative or fantasy that um, that it was able to kind of unlock and release. Do I have that about yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Okay. What I found is curiosity
0: um mm-hmm
1: was really important, and really a lot of patience with curiosity, because I was talking to little toddler parts of myself that didn't have words, and so what I found is that when I really listened and really stayed curious long enough, that i would she basically would talk to me um with pictures, and so I would start to understand, and that's how I found out what what happened. To mm. her, she started to show me what happened. She couldn't. She didn't have words for what happened. Right. And so I think that it's important to um, stay curious as to well, what's really going on? What's going on behind the the fear, the terror, the um, the sadness. Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, let's say a little bit more about that. What would you recommend for our listeners if they're noticing that there are some things that maybe feel that that they're that's sitting there, but they haven't found a way to connect to it, and it's on that level of maybe pre-verbal or you know very young what are some of your favorite ways that you use to guide people in connecting with that inner child so they can really tune in to those needs and and meet those needs here today?
1: Sure, sure, because it's different for everyone. So um, I'd like to give a number of ideas so that, you know, see what resonates for you. And one is to, it's called unblend from um, your that part of you that is feeling the emotion. So it's like experiencing that part sitting outside of you, if it's willing. You don't have to push the little child, just ask would it be willing to sit outside of you, Um, maybe sit on your lap or sit next to you. So it's kind of like bringing in emotion that you feel very strongly attached to, but actually allowing it some space outside of you. And if not, that's okay too. But just to ask is important. And that comes from um, a psychotherapy modality called Internal Family Systems, that little exercise. Nice. And um, then to, to listen and stay really curious. You know, if you have judgment about um, your inner child, which we tend to do, unfortunately. To set that judgment aside and just really listen. Another Mm -hmm. way that I love that works with this is to use your non-dominant hand to write. Yeah. And when I first started doing this in writing, so my child was giving me messages, I actually found that the parent in me was criticizing the way my child wrote. So I needed to, like, (laughs) put that aside. Right. And, (laughs) you know, that is... That is not listening. And when I really listened, then I started finding out what she needed. And for me, it was mm-hmm. a lot of play time. And then I would fight with myself about, oh, I don't have time to play. But mm-hmm. I found that when I would take those, like, 10 minutes to go to a park and go on a swing, my inner child brought me so much energy that I got so much more done.
0: Yeah. So it really yeah. Was
1: can be very practical when you, when Love you that. work those things out and listen.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: Those are great suggestions. Oh, other ideas. Yeah. Keep going for sure. I think, I think when you get the idea, the whole listening thing, um, and I think to also ask your child, how often do you want me to check in with you and listen to you? Mm-hmm. Cause it might be once a day and then to ask when, is morning when you're most receptive to listening to that inner child? And then things like what, what would your body feel comforted with? Because you mm-hmm. might not even get real clear messages. So rocking right. is a really good one if it's a very young child. Yeah, um, And anything that's comforting, whether it's a stuffed animal or holding a pillow, like you're holding your inner child, um, even putting your hand over your heart, center, like over the middle of your chest, and holding your hand, um, there gives a really, it can really change the energy internally Mm -hmm. um, for that inner child.
0: And I have more in my book. Yeah, okay. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I was gonna I was just gonna ask if there these are kind of outlined anywhere so in the book people can um can find more information about those strategies awesome yes
1: yes yes and i've got more strategies in there
0: um okay. that i'm not even thinking of right now <laughs> Those are really great places to start. And, you know, a couple of Thanks. years ago, um, just by way of kind of expanding my understanding and expertise, I was in Australia, actually, and did some work with Liz Moliner, who has a retreat center there called Heal for Life. And the, the heart and soul of that space is you get to come here and play. This is where mm. your inner child it's to be seen, heard, understood, expressed. And one of my favorite days of that retreat was, you know, uh, party day. <laughs> and it really it was like kid food. It was everything that you can have. And you just got to follow your whims and, you know, follow where you wanted to go. There wasn't anything you had to do. There wasn't any, you know, adulting to be done.
1: <laughs> oh, and, uh, I love that.
0: Yeah. And I remember there was a moment I was doing the non-dominant hand writing um, and I was dealing with a very hard memory of, uh, you know, when I had been abused and, and I asked that little girl, I said, well, so what do you want now? What would make you happy now? And she said, lip gloss. And I thought, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, uh, I'll never forget I was sharing this story with one of my dear friends and the next day in the mail I got like all these different sparkly lip glosses, right? She lived out of a- and such a good friend. And uh yeah. but yeah, and it it was so interesting to just, you know, whenever I put that lip gloss on, it was almost like an immediate moment of like acknowledgement healing, you know, nurturing my a part of me that didn't get nurtured, um, that needed it, and, oh, just so freeing. So there's so many wonderful ways for us to, um, to access that and, and to create some real healing in that way.
1: That is such beautiful support. That reminded me of a time that I walked into my friend's house and we were going to do some hands-on healing with each other. And she knew my situation and what I was healing through and she had healed through this through um, childhood sexual abuse herself. And I walked in and I felt like I I said I just feel like whining and this I'm not a whiner. I would not say this to anyone else but I knew that she would understand and she said oh come here and put your head on my shoulder and we'll be little puppies and we'll just whimper for each other. (laughs)
0: nice.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, it just changed everything. Right? I felt, oh my gosh, you know, compassion was so big with that. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. I think that
0: it's, it's so wonderful because, you know, one of the very first things that starts to happen when abuse begins is the the loss of choice, the loss of being able to be whimsical and just, you know, flow and get needs met and express everything, almost going back to that theme, starts to feel very locked down and and shut off. And so uh, mm-hmm. when we can give ourselves permission to just express, you know, whatever needs to be expressed, mm-hmm. if I need to stomp my feet, you know, or if I need to, you know, scream or whimper or put on lipstick or glip gloss, <laughs> whatever yeah. it is, you know. Yeah. Um, you know I think that's a big part of healing, which is to just give ourselves the gift of expression and um, without yes. that judgment, yeah, absolutely, yes, yes, to find uh, the
1: right time and space for it,
0: yep, yeah, i absolutely, there well, might be
1: some when I even have to say to my inner child okay i I hear that you want to you know." have a little temper tantrum, and we're going to do that later because it might not you be go. the right space for
0: it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Let's wait till we get out of the grocery store, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Awesome. So any final thoughts for our listeners today? Anything else you'd like to, to make sure you share or say to those listening?
1: You know, I was just thinking about um, I wish all the listeners many choices. I wish that they give themselves permission, like you said, Rachel, to uh, to choose and to keep choosing and keep choosing. Because the more that we choose, the more we find that, oh, we have options. There's options and that we can really have an enjoyable life. It, mm-hmm. it, and then we find places where, oh, this isn't enjoyable. I You know, someplace deep inside is still bringing something up. To recognize that, okay, we can tend to that and then we can choose again. And our life keeps getting better and better exponentially just by choosing.
0: That's that's so big, the choice. Yeah, I second that 100%. My goodness, really mm. wonderfully, beautifully said. Thank you for that. Mm, thank you. And thank you. just thank you so much for being here today and sharing mm. yourself and your story. And I want to let everybody know that um, Katya has a really wonderful um, opportunity right now. If you sign up for the updates for Katya's upcoming book, you're going to get a chapter from an Elf Journey Healing Childhood Sexual Abuse, or from her book, Menopause Mavens, which she co-authored, and that's really where she explores how her repressed memories of childhood abuse suddenly arose at age 47 and and how she really moved moved through that. So um, to sign up for that, you're going to go to her website, KatyaCooper.com. So that's K-A-T-I-A Cooper.com. And uh, that'll be in the in the description as well, so you can click on that. And um, so really thank you so much for having that available for folks, and I can't wait for your book to come out and be published and put it on my bookshelf. <laughs>
1: and oh, add it. thank you, Rachel. <laughs> thank you.
0: I'm so, so grateful to you. Oh, wow. Thanks. Thanks. Oh, thank I'm you. so
1: grateful. You're such an inspiration to so many people, and this is what, changes things in the world
0: Oh, mm. holy cow <laughs> My goodness. Thank you for that. Thank you. Well, Mm. it's my joy. It really is. And I, it's a treasure to be able to be here with you. And it's a treasure to be able to sit um, with everybody here who's listening virtually. And I want to really just thank you all for, for being here with us today and joining us. And just a friendly reminder to pop over to rachelgrantcoaching.com and Check out the resources that are available there for you on the site. And certainly be sure to subscribe to the podcast because we have so much more to share with you. And until next time, take good care.
2: Hold up. What was that?